And where, where, where does this idea of science come from? Signs come from the idea that we want something to connect to. We want something deeper than ourselves to connect to. We want something stronger than ourselves, something to give us meaning, something to give us understanding beyond the mundane and what we have. Now, one of the things that I always tell people when it comes to signs, do not look for signs. Don't look for them. Now, why don't you look for signs? I'm sure many people that are going to be listening to this know or understand that when you look for something hard enough, long enough, you find it. You find what you're looking for. It's kind of just how this space works. When you look for something, you find it. So the reason I tell people don't look for signs is because if you look for a sign, you're going to start to create connections that don't exist. And yes, there are connections that don't exist, especially if you're looking for them. When a sign presents itself, if you are open enough, open, then you'll understand it. And that's the key. Understanding the signs that are presented to you at the time that they're presented to you, not looking for signs. When, when you start looking for signs, you know, you, you, I could you know, start digging through the loose change that's probably sitting in the middle of my sofa right now and find a sign there. If I'm looking for something specific, a date on a coin or you know, a particular you know, formation or you know, damage on the coin that looks like a particular way, or if you look at a cloud and it has a particular form to it, when you're looking, your brain is going to formulate that, it's going to create that. When the only thing you're doing is just kind of understanding a sign when it's actually there, right? And then there comes the argument, I'm, I'm very you know, familiar with the argument that, you know, um, when, you know, how, how are you gonna find a sign if you're not looking for it, right? Like, that's one thing a lot of people say. Like, well, how are you going to find, how, how, how do you find a sign if you're not looking for it? Like, if you have to look for the signs, then understand them, right? No, you don't. You don't have to look for them, okay? You know, when you're looking for a sign, your brain is just going to connect dots that don't need connecting. Signs will come to you in a very specific way, and you will understand it as a sign when it comes to you. Now, I know that this is a difficult concept, but looking for something, it's kind of like if you're, if you're looking for bad things, you're going to find bad things. I'm, I'm sure we're familiar with that. You know, if, you, if you're looking for something to complain about, you're going to find something to complain about because that's what you want. The mind is a very powerful thing. And that's kind of where we're kind of coming, kind of coming into this, this idea, is that the mind is so powerful that you have to understand the lines that you have to draw for yourself. You have to understand those lines. If you jump off the deep end and you're looking for something, you're going to find it. But how diluted is the meaning going to be? Is it actually what you were meant to find? Or did you just find what you wanted to? A sign isn't always something that you want. That's another thing. 
Okay, all the time that we talk about signs, when we have this conversation about signs with people, when we find a sign, this idea always comes in, you know, the pretty package of, yeah, I needed this and I found it. But always on the perspective of the positive, that it's something that I wanted to find. Well, that's your first problem. A sign isn't always something that you want. A sign is something that you need. Okay? You know, it's, for example, I need to wake up in the morning every day to go to work. It doesn't mean I want it. I want to go to work. But I do it because I need to. I have to. To survive, to pay bills, to, you know. We know this conversation. Inside of the pagan community, inside the... You know, I would say, I would go as far as saying the metaphysical community. You know, too many people come out and say directly, you need to look for the signs. You do not need to look for them. You will know it when you see it. You need to know what you need, not what you want. Spirituality, spirituality, and my, this is my opinion, by the way, guys, okay? So this isn't like, you know, concrete, you know, 100%. This is, you know, there's no equivocations to this. That's not what I'm saying. But spirituality to me is very little of what you want and very much what you need. I mean, even, even Wiccans in the Wiccan read, speak ye little and listen much. Okay, it says it right in the Wiccan read, for those of you that are neo-pagan. Even neo-pagans know this, this idea. When you're talking a lot, you're really only talking about what it is that you want, okay? You're only talking about like, oh, I want this and I feel that I need this. Again, what you think you need may not be what you need. That may not be the thing that you need. What you think you need, you might be confusing a want with a need. Stop talking and start listening to yourself of all things actually listen to yourself like not what you your immediate mundane physical concept of what you think you have going on in the brain no no by no means meditation is important with this and that's going to be a completely different you know role Okay, and then what we're talking about right now, we're going to be, I'm going to do a whole other thing on meditation and how that helps. But you first need to be open to listening to yourself. Stop talking to yourself. Stop trying to talk to other people and listen to yourself. And then through yourself, listen to everything around you, but actually listen. Don't just hear it. Again, something that a lot of people kind of get confused about. Listening and hearing are two totally different things. I can hear you. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm listening. You know, I can hear the things happening around me outside, the cars driving by and the people talking and, you know, the birds and the wind and all of these things. I can hear it. It doesn't mean that I'm listening to it. And one of the first things to understand how to identify and understand a sign when it presents itself is having the ability to listen. Having the ability to listen. Listen to the things that are happening around you in this moment. 
Now, for me personally, visualization is an extremely important part of this. What visualization helps me do, it helps, me, helps put me in the right mindset to be able to listen to those things that are around me, to take those things in, to begin to understand what true necessity is and the things that the universe wants me to know. Whether that be Odin or Thor or whatever god or goddess at that particular point in time wants me to know something, I need to be open to hearing that. Now, when it comes to divination, why is this important? So I'm what they call, I, I suppose, I mean, if I've heard several people say this is not something I'm coining, this is something I'm just taking from other people, but an interpretive reader when it comes to tarot or palms or pretty much anything I'm reading at that particular point in time other than runes, I'm an interpretive reader. So what does that mean through interpretation? So the way that um, I read tarot um, is a form of mediumship. I allow energy to come into me directly through what is presented or reflected in the cards, which is how I connect to people on the way and the level that I do. And I'm able to listen, there's that word again, listen to what they're telling me without them saying anything. And then the cards give me context. You guys will hear me a lot of times when I'm doing tarot readings. I've never read the books. I haven't. Um, I've never read the books. And I actually had to look it up once I saw and somebody's Discord that they were talking about. I keep getting the, tarot, the, the Tower card. I keep getting the Tower card. And I was like, well, what's wrong about the... What's, in what context is that coming in for you? And so everybody seems to have this kind of, you know, big thing that, you know, the Tower card is just bad. It's just bad luck. It's just, you know, bad things happening. And if you get the Tower card, it's like, well, shit, you know, something bad's going to happen. And I'll be the first one to tell you, not necessarily. Because here's the thing. If you're, re if you're reading a card based off of the definition, where's the spirituality? And for me personally, this is, again, this is my personal opinion. I'm not knocking people that read the book and do tarot readings. There's, it's a valid way of reading, reading tarot. And all the power to you if you do it that way, I completely respect that. But for me, as somebody that has been doing this for around 20 years, Makes me feel really old, by the way. <laughs> um, if you are reading a definition provided to you by somebody else, where, where's the divination? Where's the connection? You're not, you're not reading the, the energy. You're not reading the spirit. You're reading a book. The definition is not energy. The definition is a definition. You know, it's like, you know, religious fanatics, you know, religious, religious fanatics like Catholics or Christians that are fanatical about their religion that take everything literally in the Bible 
instead of trying to look at it as an interpretive lesson on how you possibly could live your life. You know, they look at things like, for example, like, you know, Exodus twenty two eighteen, you know, in the Old Testament, is that thou shalt not permit a witch to live. If you take that literally, then, you know, that's telling you to murder somebody. Kind of fucking crazy. And that's the de definition provided by somebody else. So where's the connection to God in that? It was written by man. And more specifically, people that followed Jesus, which was also another man, supposedly. So where's God? I, I don't see God there. Do you? <laughs> and so the, the idea here is, thank you, Mage. You know, the, the idea is when you open yourself and you throw out the definitions and you throw out the preconceptions and you throw out what everyone else tells you it needs to be, even me, then you're practicing true divination because you're connecting to something much larger than yourself. Much, much larger. Now, some people would like to say that what they do is they call in upon a god or a spirit guide and they are dictating the cards that come out. Perfectly fine. I like to mix a little bit of science into my spirit soup. And science and logic tells me that the cards that come out are by chance. They are by chance. No specific card is going to come out by the influence of something or someone else. Unless, of course, you're stacking the deck. In my opinion. In my opinion. And a lot of people are not going to like this opinion. It doesn't make it less spiritual. But the idea here is that regardless of the card that comes out, you need to read it for the person, not what the book says. And you need to truly be able to connect to yourself on a much deeper playing field to dig that far in and pull it out. The traditional idea, the Hollywood idea of what reading tarot or palms is, I would urge you to get that idea out of your head. There's a lot of spirit involved in it. It's very deep and it's very powerful. It's much more powerful than what people would traditionally believe. Because your ability to connect to a personalized definition of what is happening in somebody's life through a seemingly meaningless, meaninglessly, meaningless object, in my opinion, is more powerful than anything. And it speaks volumes of your power, of your ability as a reader, as a practitioner. That is 
my perspective and how I read. That's not to say that a deity or a spirit guide can't get involved. Of course they can. Of course they can. By all means. And they can guide your ideas and show you much farther and much deeper into the meanings of what you're seeing. But the idea that a spirit guide is going to literally stack the deck with cards into a specific order that you particularly need or that person particularly needs, I personally don't believe it works like that. But the beautiful thing, a lot I know a lot of people are going to hate me right now. <laughs> a lot of, I'm going to get so much fucking hate mail on this. It's not even funny. But, <laughs> um, you know, but the thing is, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that if you believe that, that you're wrong. And that's the beautiful thing about paganism. That's a beautiful thing about, you know, what we do. It doesn't matter really what somebody else believes, but rather that you believe it yourself. Because by you believing it, you're capable of visualizing this and the right thing happens. I merely try to break it down a little bit more and try to connect myself more profoundly to that which is around me. That makes any sense. So we are going to be doing tarot here in a minute. I normally don't do tarot this, this early, right? Um, I really don't. But I, I, thought, I thought it necessary to kind of sit here and kind of, you know, talk about this. Because it's something that really was kind of, kind of like, you know, digging, digging at me. Um, I've had moments, for example, moments of medium activity, for example, by doing this, by doing tarot for so long. I'm not calling myself a medium. I mean, there are other people that would say that, you know, I'm particularly on some particular level, you know, I have some type of mediumship, um, you know, because of whatever. But I wouldn't go as far as saying that I'm a medium. I don't, the dead do not talk through me and normally. Um, in all my years of doing this, two times, have I ever felt the necessity to say something that I wasn't thinking? Um, and they were recent. They were very recent. Um, and where it came from, I don't know. And I've told people, I've told people directly and I'm very, I'm very honest about this. I try not to like, I'm very transparent, right? Um, I try not to lead anything on to make, make like boast myself. You know, I told people like, a, you know, the person I was reading for, I told them it's like, okay, I, it could be one, I'm drunk Two, I'm way too tired. Three, I've done way too many readings or four, you know, there's somebody on the other side that actually wants to say something and this is what they want to say. And apparently for them, it hit the nail on the head. Um, what that head was, no idea. But it made sense to them. It resonated with them. And I needed to make it very clear at the beginning, there's a whole list of reasons why this might be happening. Um, and they may not be the reasons that you want, but, you know, just just in case I don't ever want to make a claim to fame that I'm something that I'm not 
um, that I can do something that I can't do that um, because I've learned very, very early on in my life that when you do that, you are always the one that comes out looking like the asshole when you get found out and then nobody trusts you. And I want the people that I read for, um, I want the people that watch me um, to trust what it is that I'm saying and trust that I'm going to be 100% unequivocally honest with you regardless, you know, regardless of whether you like the truth or not or if I like the truth or not, right? I mean, I would love to sit here and say that, you know, I'm the modern day Miss Cleo, right? I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember who Miss Cleo is. Um, you know, but I would, I mean, I would love to sit here and say that, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just some dude sitting in front of a computer screen that happens that has a decent microphone and a camera, right? Um, that thinks that he can help people. Hear me now. Yeah, there, yeah, you got it. <laughs> you know, um, and I do some witchy shit that happens to help people, and that's the point. That's the point of this, is to help people. So let's get back to the visualization part of it. Visualization's important. Visualization's important on any, on any part of the spiritual spectrum of what we're, what we're talking about today. Whether we're talking to the dead, whether we're reading cards, we're reading a palm, okay, we're reading ourselves, or we're meditating in our rooms, you know, with a headset on, you know, smack dead in the middle of our bed, right, with our legs crossed, trying to, you know, meditate. Visualization is the thing that does allow your brain to reach different plateaus to kind of push yourself through, right? It's practical magic. Exactly, right? The name says it all. The name says it all. It's practical magic. So visualization. For different people, there are different things that help push that visualization kind of up the next notch. So for me, it's a combination of a bunch of different things. The biggest thing for me is music. Um, music, sound, um, really, you know, <laughs> you know, um, I think everybody's doing well. I think everybody's doing well. Doing a bit of a semi-podcast style kind of thing, and then we're going to get into some readings. Um, so I, I really felt compelled to kind of talk about, in a much, on a much deeper level, um, how divination works for me and I think the best place to start would be visualization I think that's one thing a lot of people have a problem with so for me music is the big thing music is the big thing that kind of really puts me like I can do without the incense without the lighting without you know the the alcohol yes alcohol helps me as well just a little bit um, just a little smidgen. Um, but I think that, for me, music is that big thing. Um, and specific music helps with specific vibes. Like, I'll get, like, a sensation or a feeling inside of myself that, hey, I should be listening to something else for this particular reading, and I will change what it is that's playing, switching, you know, people that I'm reading for, because something tells me you need a different level 
focus on this. I've tried doing readings without, without music. I can do it, but it doesn't... I don't know if this makes sense, but it doesn't kind of come out the same way. I feel like I'm digging more, right? That when I have the music there in my brain and I'm focused and I'm in on what it is that I need to be talking about, what it is, I, I can feel it inside of myself. Like it's, it comes from the pit of the stomach and just kind of comes up, right? So I've noticed that like with the music in the background, I'm very, very, very focused. Um, now, there's a, like I said, there's a lot that I've said that a lot of people, a lot of readers are probably going to hate me for today. Um, and I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I'm not trying. I, I, talking about this type of stuff is extremely difficult to sit there and say what you think about something without making somebody else sound like they're wrong. And I'm not trying to make it sound like anybody is wrong, right? You know, um, you just, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, nobody and how they read is wrong. Everybody has a different way of reading. I'm just merely giving you guys my perspective and then why I think that it was my perspective and why I don't think it's the other one. So that's kind of where I'm going with it, right? But I know that there's going to be some people that are going to listen to this later on. They're like, dude, you're an asshole. You know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, this, that, and the next thing. And you know what? To those people, if you get this far into it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's just kind of what it is. But visualization. So one of the things is, is so find what works for you. For me, it's music. For some people, it's incense, smells. Smells are a big thing for me, but smells work more for memory. So I'm, my memories are very strongly triggered by smells, particular smells. I, I am an air sign, by the way. I'm a Gemini, so, you know, smells are kind of a thing. Um, so, um, taste not so much. Taste really doesn't do anything to me. Uh, no two people, yep, exactly, exactly. No two people experience it the same way. We just kind of kind of be, you know, open and ready for that, right? True. This is truth. Fuzzy chicken. I, I appreciate the name. <laughs> that's that's a good name. Now, when it comes to spell work, visualization is a little bit different. Um, when you use when you use tarot or other forms of divination for spell work um you need absolute focus so when it for example when it comes to tarot i can have my son running around screaming in the background and it doesn't bother me at all as long as the the right sounds are going now the one thing that i could share with you guys one thing you'll notice i do when i'm reading is I will break down like my focus and I'm not listening to the music the music is kind of a catalyst in visualization you need to find your catalyst okay 
Um, around 20 years. So when you find your catalyst, your catalyst, what it does is it connects you. It connects you to that which is bigger than you. Now, the way that I look at things, and again, there's going to be people that disagree with me on this, but this is how I see it. Okay? Um, I'm not too far off. You know, I'm 34. So I started around like I was 14. So 14, 13 years old, 13, 14. About between 20, 21 years, roughly. And my mom taught me how to do it. So my mom's a witch. And yeah, so it's in the family. So what we do is all of us are connected. Every single one of us, the sky, the clouds, the trees, the birds, the rocks, everything, dirt, grass, everything's connected. Now, what is all of it connected to? It's not all just random streams, streams of energy that fly around without meaning or, or warrant. No, by no means. Spirituality by no means is that chaotic, nor is it very organized, but it's not that chaotic. It's like nature. Nature is both organized and chaotic. If you look at nature very closely, very directly, look at the veins in your own body. Look at how everything in your circulatory system is completely connected. Look at your nerve endings. Your nerve endings, if you look at a map of your nerve endings, it seems like complete and utter fucking chaos. But nature knew what it was doing. It knew what it was doing. It knew where it needed those endings. To you, that may be complete chaos because you don't understand the map that's laid out in front of you. But make no mistake, it is a map that has a central point of connection. Where do the, all the nerve endings go? They go to the brain. The brain connects everything together. Nomi! Hello! So when you look at that, our spirituality is roughly about the same. That which connects us, we're kind of like the nerve endings. Little sensitive pieces at the end of every little string is what we are. Kind of. And now, for example, this finger and this finger are in two completely different nerve endings. Two completely different nerve endings. But guess what? They can feel each other. Or they can feel the same object at the same time, just on a different side. Or maybe the same side. The interpretation here is I feel it there in the finger, but the interpretation's up here. It's very nice to meet you as well, Practical Magic. Please come back again soon. So, when you understand that connection between all of us, when you ask me to do a reading for you, I am profoundly connecting myself into what I just call, for lack of a better term, the source. Okay? I connect with that, and then I connect with you. I connect with you directly. 
and I see what you let the universe see, what you openly share with the universe. I can see that. And that's reflected to me with a little bit of context in the cards. The cards are specifically there for context. That's what they're there for. The context of the reading comes from the cards, but it's you that I'm reading. You that is flowing through me is then reflected back to me under the cards with a little bit of context to help you kind of understand something else about yourself. And little messages thrown in there from the universe to help you on your path. So you're probably wondering, why is the title of this Talking to the Dead? Everything that I'm talking to you about right now, everything that I'm telling you about right now is the first stepping stone moving forward to actually being able to speak to the dead. Now, is it going to be like some Sixth Sense style type shit and you're going to be sitting there saying, I see dead people? Probably not. Probably not. You know, if you guys ever want a little bit of ASMR, we can try to do that too. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, so, when you get down visualization, which is probably the single most important step and the first step to moving forward with anything that we're talking about, whether you're into the Nordic gods, whether you're a Druid, whether you're a Celt, whether whatever it is that you may consider yourself or what you follow or what you believe in, visualization is key. Okay? I try, guys. I try. It's free real estate. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so when you're in church, there's visualization. Visualization happens through the song and the chanting and the constant repetition. Have any of you ever been to a Catholic church? Go to a Catholic church. Those, they, those guys have got visualization down packed for large groups of people. (laughs) You know, they got that down packed, like that, the constant repetition and things like that. They've got the visualization down packed. The psychology of it is just on point. Um, Same thing with covens and large fires. What do you think the fire's for? Not only is it representative, like it's it's representative of, you know, the fire of life inside of you and, you know, things like that, but, or in the sun, but it also helps with visualization. How many people have sat there, lit a candle, and then been like literally sat there for 15, 20 minutes, you know, looking at a candle completely out of it, completely mesmerized? How many people here are actually affected by SMR? How many people get tingles? Different level of focus, a different level of visualization. You're going to another plane. You're allowing your brain to disconnect and lift up. Visualization happens all the time. 
So what's the key here? Honing it, controlling it, commanding it, doing it when it is necessary for you to visualize. Why is visualization so important? Well, the book and the movie The Secret had a little bit, they were on the right track, right? Um, the universe does send you what you send back out, what you send out to it. Right. If you're you know, one of the things, think about it. When we when we work a spell, when we work a prayer, when we do a prayer, if you're Christian, if you're Catholic, you know you're not exempt from this. When you pray, there's a particular. Why do you think you kneel in your hands? You kneel in your knees. You put your hands together and you close your eyes because you don't need to be looking at your dirty bed sheets. I'm not saying that people have dirty bed sheets. I'm just saying you know for dramatic effect, right? And so don't don't get upset with me. Um, but you know, you don't need to be looking at your, your dirty bed sheets, you know, when you're trying to talk to the big guy, right? You know, you need to hone in visualization, right? I'm giving these examples because more widely, so there are people in here that are just starting out that are new to the, you know, new to the craft, um, new to divination, to visualization, to all of these things. These are things that you probably already know about. And most of the world is Christian or Catholic or some, you know, form or movement of that. You know, Muslims do the same thing with, you know, they've got the, the kneeling action. You know, every, you know, exactly. The ceremony gives it power and it provides you with the visualization and focus. So we said that the secret had, was on the right track, right? So why was the secret on the right track? Because what you send out comes back to you. So if you're constantly thinking about bad things, thinking about negative thoughts, thinking, well, shit, this is going to go wrong, this is going to happen, this, well, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Why? Because that's what you're putting out there. That's what you're putting out If you're constantly, when every time you go home, you're worried about getting robbed, you know what's going to eventually going to happen? You're going to get robbed. Right? That doesn't mean that the universe sent somebody to you to rob you because you're being a dipshit and thinking you're going to get robbed all the time. No, that's not what that means. But what that means is, what are you doing if you're worried about getting robbed? You look defensive. You look scared. You look cautious. What does a predator look for in anywhere in the animal kingdom? Weakness. Right? Warmaha. I'm hoping I said that right. How are you? A predator looks for weakness. So if you're constantly sending out weak energy, that I'm scared, I'm weak, what is eventually going to happen? A predator is eventually going to get a whiff of that. And a predator is going to take advantage of it. I'm not saying the universe sent him, sent him to you, but you kept on, you know, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, that eventually somebody picked up on it and took advantage of it. So what you send out, so for example, if you go to a job interview, right? You sit down and you're in front of me. Hi, good day, how are you? Okay. And the way you're sitting is, you know, your hands are in your lap like this. You kind of get your arms in the middle of your legs and you kind of hunched over a little bit like this. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, this, that, and the thing. That does not project confidence. That does not project what you want to be. Why are you going into that job interview? Do you believe you deserve that job? 
starts with self-belief, people. It starts with believing in yourself. Magic, divination, everything starts with self. It has to begin with you. It cannot begin someplace else. There's no magical spell or magical power that's going to bring you out of your shell. You have to do that. You, nobody else. Now, if you can do that, if you can bring yourself out of your shell, and you can truly give yourself that kick that you so deserve? Exactly. That's where magic begins. That's the beginning of magic. Believing in yourself. That's where it starts. It doesn't start with a book. It doesn't start in the sky. It doesn't start here with me. Stand up. You'll look in the mirror, and that's where it starts. That's where magic starts. You. Not me. Not the gods, not the goddesses. You. Because who, who has to connect to the gods? You do. Who has to read the cards? You do. Who has to do the job interview? You do. Who has to wake up every single morning to get on with the day? You do. Not me, not your mom, not your husband, not your wife. You. Magic starts with you. Your ability to connect to yourself and everything around you is vital to your existence. Now, if you go to that same interview, and instead of trying to hide yourself, shoulders are back, and you sit straight, and you look straight in the eyes, your hands are on the side, not in between your legs, but on your legs, a good place. Now you're projecting confidence. Now you're showing, I deserve this. I'm here because I deserve it. I'm here because I can do it better than anybody else. Okay, that. Yeah, and your intention is what gives it form. <laughs> I keep hoping the dog will do it for me, but he won't. <laughs> you know, so... It's one of those things that with anything that you're going to do in your life, magic or otherwise, magical or non-magical, you first have to believe you can do it. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be arrogant about it. There's a difference there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, please, and everybody else, please remember this. There is a huge, huge difference between confidence and arrogance. Okay? Arrogance projects idiocy. That's what that does. Confidence projects trust, projects understanding. Understand the difference. Okay, being confident does not mean I am the best. Understanding and knowing that there is always somebody better than you and always somebody that you can teach is the first and foremost thing to finding balance with yourself, which is also important. Another subject I can rant on for hours that we're not going to do today. But one of the first things in finding balance is understanding that. 
not not con- con- like trusting yourself, right? Like having no confidence is bad. Having so much confidence to the point of arrogance is also bad. That balance. That balance. Know that you can teach, but also know that you can be taught. And never forget it. <laughs> the dog doesn't even know how to sit despite me trying to teach it. <laughs> so once we have that down packed, that idea, that concept, you have more confidence in yourself. And you believe you can do it. Find your connection. Find that thing that is going to... I love pugs. I call them fuglies, but out of love for the pug. Um, <laughs> so once you find that balance inside of yourself then you can truly begin visualization. Visualization that truly works. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about sitting there and I can see an apple. Yeah, that's easy. That's, I mean, that's kind of like beginner's choice, kind of like, you know, visualization, right? You close your eyes and visualize an apple. What details do you see on it? Um, it's an exercise that works for people that have like no idea where they're picking up from, where they're going from. So, like, if you guys want to start there, by all means, go for it. That basically works. Close your eyes, think of an object, then slowly kind of add detail to it until, like, you see a worm popping out of the apple, right? You know, or or, or what have you, whatever's, you know, best for you. Best one learns always, never tries to blame others. Exactly. Well, I always tell people, so a lot of people are going to dislike this too. I always tell people, if something goes wrong in your life, if something bad happens, what did you do? And and I look, I know people have thrown so many circumstances at me. They're, well, what if this happens? And like, you know, they're trap questions. They're trap questions, right? They're traps. But... The way that I've done things, if something goes wrong in my life, if something bad happens, if I lose money, if I lose an investment, if, you know, if, I don't know, my dog dies, you know, or something like that, or my, you know, my, 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 let's say my son gets hurt, you know, he falls down here in the house, right? I, I blame myself, and I bl- but I blame myself in a constructive manner. Not, there's, you can blame yourself in two different ways. You can blame yourself in a destructive manner, which is never good. Never good, right? Like, oh, you're an idiot. You're no, you're not an idiot. You're not dumb. You made a mistake. You're human. Okay, it happens. It happens. It's okay. Making a mistake is perfectly fine. There's no problem with making a mistake. I promise you, it'll be okay. But what you need to do, what can you do better? What did you or did you not do? That brought this on. Was there, was there, was questioning. Was there a preventative aspect of this? Was there something that you could have done to prevent it? Was there? Maybe there was. Maybe there was a small little thing. Maybe it was a big thing. Who knows? 
But always blame yourself first. Something bad happens. What did you do? And then what can you do better? How can this not happen again? Okay. Exactly. And it's not, look, and I'll, you know, there's a lot of situations that people have put out to me that are just, you know, obviously, you know, that are, you know, crimes that have severe crimes that have victims, right? And I've gone as far as saying that maybe saying blame yourself is not exactly the most appropriate way to put it, but analyzing a situation to the point of trying to figure out, because I think of it this way, let's use something simple, something not so extreme, but still kind of like it's, it's a crime that has a victim, being robbed. It's not your fault that you were robbed, but what did we talk about earlier? What are you projecting? Are you projecting fear? Are you projecting insecurity? Are you constantly looking around and looking nervous? Look, I'll tell you, for example, um, I live in Mexico, and I used to live in some of the worst areas here. And partly because I was completely ignorant of the fact that these were the worst areas in the city, I walked around with my head held high. And I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm about six, six foot, six foot one. You know, I'm about probably around 220, 230 pounds. You know, not all of that's muscle. I mean, I'd love to say it is, but it's not all there. It's not all muscle. You know, so I'm not a small guy, right? And, but I would walk around projecting confidence in myself. I, I have heard horror stories beyond horror stories of people in the best areas of town. I've never, knock on wood, that it never happens. But I've never had anything happen to me. I've never been assaulted. I've never been robbed here. Not that I've never ever been robbed. I have been, but here, no. Um, so, but I also know that I never walk around like I'm scared. Even if I have no idea where the fuck it is I'm going, I walk around like I walk like I have a destination and I know exactly where I'm going. Right. And I do large, like, you know, military strides type steps, you know, like huge, like space between each step, you know. Um, everything. Exactly. 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 It's not everything. Everything is not, you know, your fault, but, you know, you do need to kind of figure out why it happened. Right. And that may or may not be a fault of your own. It's not, like I said, being robbed, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're robbed. That's not your fault. It's the asshole that did it. But why did the asshole think it was an okay or that you were an easy target? Predators want easy targets. Serial killers, thieves, people that rob people, the other types. They don't want somebody that's going to fight back. Well, some of them, rare cases. But most of them, they don't want, they don't want a target that's going to fight back. They want something that's easy. Right? They want to get their rocks off by scaring the shit out of you. Right? You know, and then get whatever it is that they want on it, on top of it. You know? So, what attracted them to you to begin with? Now, obviously, we go to the extreme levels. There's these people, because I had black hair, well, there's really not much you can do about that. Right? But, 
It's not to say thinking that what's what did I do wrong is to say that it is your fault, but to think what did I do wrong in the beginning of it to analyze yourself first before you analyze other people. Thank you. I finally I finally managed to say it clearly so everybody can understand what it is I'm saying without getting pissed off at me. Analyze yourself first before you go to analyze other people. What did you do wrong first, if anything, before you go to say it's his or her fault? You lost $10,000 on a bad bet because your buddy said he thought it was a good idea. Is it your buddy's fault that you bet $10,000 and you lost it? No, maybe you shouldn't be listening to your buddy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so the first thing that you always do, that you should do in any bad situation is first analyze yourself and analyze your own actions. That's the first thing that you need to do. After you're done analyzing your own actions and you've cleared yourself of any possible guilt, being your own basically judge, jury, and executioner, then you can kind of start to analyze other people that were involved in the situation to see whether or not they hold more blame than you do. But people that go out and say, well, it was his fault and that's how their fault and they did this and they did that, but never say, you know what, maybe I should have. You need to learn a little bit of personal responsibility because we make our own choices and decisions. Now, there are things out there that, you know, that rings true. Well, by all means, if you want to share it, you can share it and I'll read it. This is going, to, this is going up on my podcast channel, by the way. Bye, Ascension. Hello, how are you? I am, I am doing well. We're doing um, a bit of, uh, I guess, um, kind of like a podcasty kind of thing that just kind of randomly happened. Well, I felt an urge to talk about tarot and divination and magic and spirituality and you know how my brain works and wraps around all of it. Presence does a lot. Presence does a lot in those types of situations. But like a ridiculous amount. Presence does so much. Um, it's not everything. It's not everything, right? I'm glad to hear that you are well as, as well. <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not 100% everything, but... It helps with probably about 90% of most things because like I keep reiterating the point here. I keep reiterating this predators prey on the weak or what is perceived to be weak, right? I grant you, are there a fair share of predators out there that thought that a target was weak and was sadly mistaken the second that they tried something? Yes. Okay. You know, their perception, they don't have like super heightened predator instincts, but they do kind of look at what we project. And, you know, what's one of the, for example, what's one of the big things, the big problems that people have with wearing a mask? I'm actually going to give this to you, chat. There's enough people in chat. Tell me quickly, what is the one, what is one thing, the biggest thing that most people complain about, about wearing a mask? Non-political, by the way. We're not talking about politics. Okay, so don't, not that. A physical reason. What is the, one of the biggest reasons why people don't want to wear a mask?
<laughs> I mean, you can breathe. It's just, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, gets a little, um, you know, it, it gets a little difficult, right? After wearing it a while. I wear a mask always. So in recent times, one of the, I mean, at least one of the biggest things Oh, well, you know, so for me, the biggest thing that maybe, maybe I'm just like a special case, but for people that I know and myself, my biggest problem is I can't see people's faces. I don't know if you're happy, you're sad, you're, you're angry, if you're smiling at me, if you're scowling at me, you know, that's, that's my biggest thing, the disconnect, Right. We have been brought up in like globally across the planet, you know, well, that, that would be more, that's more of a political thing, right? That's more of the political thing, right? You know, I mean, I, you actually heard a conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay. Do share. Um, And everything nuts, jumping out of a car from high speed, fighting totally wrong people. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, when I go out, you know, I mean, here inside my house, I'm not going to wear a mask. But, you know, I mean, when I go out, I always wear a mask. I don't, I don't have a problem with the mask. The mask don't bother me. You know, it's just like, eh. Whatever. I mean, I the mask the mask that I use, I bought from Blackcraft Cult for fun because I thought it was cool. And literally, like three months after I got it, I needed to start wearing it. It's like interesting. I mean, I think, I think that people, I think that companies are looking at masks now as a very profitable business. I mean, for fuck's sake, even Razor has masks now with RGB. Like, you know that if Razor's making a mask, is making um, uh, PE, <laughs> protective equipment, with RGB... Shit is probably here to stick around for a while. Um, I think maybe it's probably done that for some people, Avaya. But I'd like to, you know, I I like to believe in humanity. I want to believe in humanity. I want to believe that humanity, despite our shortcomings, we are inherently good. Um, that we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yes, of course. Personal preservation and personal gain is always an aspect of the decision-making 
that that we make, the decisions that we make every day. You know. Jane, hello. Welcome. You know, so I, I'd like to think, I'd like to believe, for as dark as I may be, for as dark as people may think I am, I'd like to think and believe that humanity and people in general are inherently good and do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Um, and again, I'll reiterate, yes, there is always, you know, a point where, you know, we are you know, thinking of ourselves and our own, you know, well-being and our, our own preservation. And that's normal. That's normal. That's human nature. That's part of human nature. We can't deny human nature. To don deny human nature is, well, to not deny the very thing that makes us, you know, human. Um, and, you know, I'd like to believe that the evil, and yes, I, the evil people out there are the exception. We sensationalize them. We, we put a heavy focus on them. And why do we do that? Because generally it's because we don't understand it. We don't understand a serial killer or a serial rapist or, you know, a, a child molester. We don't understand, you know, why they do what they do. Because they're the exception. They're not the rule. And w understanding that helps me maintain my, my faith in humanity. That we are inherently good, that we want what is right. Regardless of, you know, our disagreements with each other on any level, I mean, whether it's Pepsi or Coca-Cola or, you know, Budweiser or Coors or white chocolate or normal chocolate, you know, you know whatever, whatever the disagreement may be, We're all cut from the same cloth. Well, I mean, you know, COVID has definitely put, you know, a wrench into the gears of society, most definitely. But whether you agree with the restrictions that, you know, <laughs> you were talking to dead people. Um, we're talking about, um, we kind of got a little bit sidetracked um, because of a question I asked. Uh, but we're talking about how to get to the point to actually be able to try to talk to dead people. I mean, I can't promise you you're actually going to be able to talk to dead people, but I can definitely help you on the path, the, the direction. And then from there, it's whatever you can, you know, manage yourself. And we're also going to be doing a bit of tarot here in a little while. Um, but yeah, I, I just, me personally, I just like to think inherently that, you know, tips, tips on how to talk to dead people <laughs> for tarot. Okay. Um, and dead. Okay. So, for me, as an interpretive reader, um, first and foremost, I always tell people the same thing that my mother told me when she gave me my first tarot deck. And put the book in the garbage. Take the book, 
that your deck comes with, unless it's really, really nice, and put it in the garbage. Don't read it. And it literally came down to my mother showing me a simple three-card spread. Just three cards, past, present, future, or, you know, spirit, body, you know, mind. And then said, what do you see? What do you see? And my first response was, I see pictures. And she said, no, look deeper. Look at the card. Hold it in your hand. Close your eyes. Now visualize the card. Same picture that you just saw, visualize it. And then go deeper. Go into it. Go inside of it. What do you see? And started just pulling things out. And from, it went from there. Now, I always tell everybody at the end of a reading, I'm not psychic, I'm not clairvoyant, um, I don't, you know, I can't see the future, I just say what I see, and that's it, it's that simple. So I always leave myself a lot of room for error. And the one thing that I can say wholeheartedly is that out of 20 years of doing this, I've only ever had one person actually tell me that I was wrong. And I'm going to be honest, I had my doubts of whether or not they were being honest, but um, I can't say what it is that I think, if whether I think they were being honest or not, it's what they told me. And, you know, I have to say that up front. So 20 years, hundreds if not thousands of readings, and only one person's ever actually told me that I was completely and utterly off, which was still a very discouraging experience, let me tell you. Right? It's very discouraging when that happens, but you take it in stride. We're not perfect. We're human beings. We're not going to see everything all the time. Now, for example, my big thing is I like Oracle decks. My favorite one is the Dark Mirror Oracle. This is my favorite one. Now, I call this my shadow deck. It's not called a shadow deck, but I call it my shadow deck. And I prefer shadow readings. Um, a shadow reading is specifically designed to read more int intuitively about you, the person asking the question, and basically what it does is it takes, it basically takes everything that you don't want to see about yourself and throws it in your face and saying, it says, this is what you need to fix. Which I think is something that people need to hear more often. Um, because I've noticed that a lot of people um, throughout my years of reading and other readers that I've met that are damn good readers, but a lot of them really try to 
fluff things a bit. Like, I mean, I've had friends that, you know, amazing or much better than I am actually hold information and not say certain things and say, well, you know, they didn't need the negativity. They needed, you know, positive uplift. It's like, well, how do you know? You know, they don't. I, I assume that if you come to me for a reading is because you want me to be absolutely and unequivocally honest with you. Because you're trying to fix something. You're trying to make something better. So I'm doing not only not myself any favors, but I'm not doing you any favors by holding information or lying to you to try to make things sound nice. So I just say it how I see it. That simple. Really nothing else to it. And I'll go back to what I've been saying this entire, this entire show so far. Visualization is key. Your personal balance within yourself, your self-confidence, the belief in yourself, the ability for you to connect. Okay? To yourself and the energy around you. And you get that through your balance and your visualization. If you're not balanced within yourself, probably really not going to go anywhere. If you can't visualize, you're not going to see, you know, beyond the images that are on the, on the paper. So they kind of go hand in hand. It's a necessary thing. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick five-minute break. And we're going to come back with some tarot. We're going to do some readings. Okay? Um, so I'm going to open up the queue. You all can jump in if you want to. Okay? Thank you for the bit bits. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, so the queue is open. Jump into it. We're going to take a quick five-minute break, and we're going to go down the order. When I come back, I'm going to close the queue, okay? Because I don't want to get, like, I normally do about eight readings a night. Um, last couple of times I've done this, I've gotten up to, like, 12 to 15 people. So I'm really drained when you get to that point. Um, so we're going to do about eight to ten people. Um, so if you guys want in, join in. And we'll be back in about five minutes. Okay. 